This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. What's up, ladies and gents? Welcome to episode 177 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Steve. How's everyone doing this week? Excellent. Yourself? Excellent. Excellent. So, guys, quick announcements before we get going. The podcast awards are still underway. Voting does not end until March 24th. Everybody that has voted so far, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. We really appreciate that. Um, If you haven't voted yet or if you want to continue voting, remember, guys, just podcastawards.com. Taylor Talk is nominated for Best Entertainment Podcast. Go click that and be sure to verify your vote in your email. That's the most important part, because if you don't, your vote doesn't count. So thanks again to everybody doing that. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about a fan favorite song. Ava Swifty 13 on Taylor Connect requested this, actually. Uh, wants us to talk about Wildest Dreams. Yay, I'm so excited. So we're going to be doing that in just a few minutes. I've got a funny uh, email to share with you guys. You have a funny it's a funny. I thought it was funny. Every once in a while, we get what I like to call a Dear Taylor, where it's an email that is supposed to be for Taylor Swift, and um, for some reason, it comes to us. And this past week, we got one. I'm not going to share the name. I always keep the names anonymous because it probably is slightly embarrassing, but the the subject line on it was Booking Tyler Swift. <laughs> And said, hello, hope all is well. We're interested to book and promote Tyler Swift. Who do we get in touch with? I would suggest that if you want to book Taylor Swift, the first thing you should do is learn her name. And second thing is don't email a fan podcast. Just throwing that one out there, guys. Yeah, I think spelling Taylor Swift, Tyler Swift once is a mistake. Twice, they did that on purpose. So they don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So, in other news, Meredith Gray Swift owes Taylor Swift $40 million. Wow. Yeah, it turns out Taylor's been reading the headlines about herself, and she feels that her cat owes her $40 million for a long scratch on her leg. Meow. (laughs) (laughs) Meowch. Meowch. So, there really wasn't any hard news this week that I know of anyway, so I, I just figured we'd throw that in before we got to the main discussion. Shall we chat Wildest Dreams then? Let's do it. Absolutely. Diane, do you want to kick it off? Because you're like chomping at the bit right now. I can tell that you're like. (laughs) Oh, you can tell? You can tell that through the microphone? Yeah, I can. I can. She's actually really close to the microphone. That's how you know that she's a big fan of this song. But I am. I'm like jumping on the jumping (laughs) on the audio. Yes, this song is a masterpiece. I'm so excited to talk about this song. Is this your favorite song on 1989? Definitely. It is mine, too. Mm hmm. Diane's number one favorite song. Steve's number one favorite song. Adam? Adam just loves it, but I'll still, you know, at the end of the discussion, give it a 13 out of 13, because that's what I do. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert. So the song is, in a nutshell, it's about remembering the good parts of a relationship once it's over, and something intriguing that Taylor said. Is that what it's about? What? Is it really? Is that really what it's about? Uh, Do you have a differing opinion? Because... That's kind of one of the big themes I that I pick out of it. I don't think it's necessary. Well, I mean, so you said that you think it's about 
remembering the good parts of a relationship once it's over. I think it's more that Taylor is in a um, relationship with this guy and she feels like it will be over because she's learned from the past that the fact of most um, relationships is that they end. It's rare when they don't end. So she's kind of expecting it to end. So she's almost like foreseeing this relationship's ending. And, you know, and um, yeah, is that pretty well, much it? <laughs> going off of that, then let's let's take a look at that attitude. Like, is that a fair attitude to take going into a relationship? Like you're going into it and you're already thinking this is going to end. I just hope that uh, he remembers me. Yeah, but isn't that part of what you want? You want that to be. If if it does end, you don't want things to end but and be messy. But it's not if it ends. It's in this case, it's when it ends to her. I don't think it's fair to judge somebody who thinks that, um, because sometimes that's the way things really work out. And I think it's fair to be realistic about something. But I also think it's fair not to kind of assume that it will end because. Um, because um, if you go into a relationship thinking that, you're going to kind of play it out like, oh, it might not really matter because this is going to, you know, like I might not see him in a year. Well, you know, that's, like you'll, 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 you'll treat it differently. That's, that's part of the problem then because if you go into a relationship like that, it's more or less a self-fulfilling prophecy. You go in with the attitude that it is going to end. And therefore, you don't really put in the appropriate effort to make sure it doesn't. Is this like the glass half empty or half full? Is that kind of where we're going with this? Yeah, the I yeah, would say actually. Because so. <laughs> I mean, Taylor said in regards to this song, "When this ends, I hope it ends well. I hope you remember me, like, or like remember positively." Me well. Yeah. Right. So, but but I I think part of understanding that is her view on relationships and the YouTube video where she kind of gives a little behind the scenes of wildest dreams of what she's kind of learned is over time she's seen where you have a relationship. I mean, when you're young, you think things are going to be perfect. You know, you have two people and they both like each other. Well, it's going to be perfect and they're going to be, you know, friends forever or together forever. And then after you have some of that heartbreak and such, you learn that it doesn't always end well. So now she even says her she goes into relationships with kind of like a fatalistic approach to it, you know, and, and it's just it's more realistic. Is that a word fatalistic? Uh, actually, it is. Well, fatalism is the word, but that's the adjective is. Uh, I should look fatalistic. that up in the dictionary. I, I did. I did. Yeah. Steve's already way she, ahead of you. I, I did have. Fatalistic. The belief yep. that all events are predetermined and therefore inevitable. Fascinating. But see, that's that's my only problem with it is if you go into it thinking it's going to fail, does that mean that it does have a better chance to fail? Or, yes. Or does that mean that when you go into it, you have more realistic expectations and can deal with those little bumps in the road because you go, oh, you know what? Like for the first time, uh, two people have a fight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people aren't ready for that. They don't 
they're like, I don't know what to do. I didn't think this was ever going to happen. But if you have a fatalistic approach to it, you knew, know that something like that was going to come along and you're more prepared for it and you can move through that and maybe things will work out in the end. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think speaking from my own life and what I've seen, um, I feel like this sort of mentality that things might not work out can happen at the start of a um, relationship. But I think once you get to a certain point, you're like, oh, okay, maybe this might be different. Maybe this might actually work out. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. the relationship kind of changes at a certain point. True. Then you become True. more hopeful, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, but, but I, I, <coughs> sorry, Steve. I, I think one of the things that we're missing on this though is really where Taylor is putting wildest dreams is having an immediate connection with someone and what your thoughts are. That's really what this song is all about. Having an immediate connection and where right. your thoughts so, are. So for, so for instance, two people meet each other and they hit it off right away. That's what this song is about. But is it though? I mean, she's I talking so. about... Go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. She she's talking about like memories in the song. She she's going into it with the attitude that it's going to end and that she just wants to create memories along the way or she just hopes that he remembers the good memories. It's right, I, but that but that's what it is is this is her thoughts as soon as she has met this person. Like she's thinking steps and steps ahead. Uh-huh. That's that's what this is about. So but then it comes back to the self-fulfilling prophecy. If she's already ahead of where she's at at this current point in time, if she's already thinking about that future point, she's way too far ahead of herself, not even giving it a chance. And that and that's possible. Mm, you know, I, I don't know if that is the right way to go into meeting people and relationships where you kind of think that it's going to be fatally flawed or you have no control over the outcome of it. And And I, I would have to say that, you know, maybe her current approach isn't the right approach, but I can tell you that that's probably why right now she's happy being single. Well, why don't we get into some of the evidence of the song? We can start off with the secret message. He only saw her in his dreams. Any thoughts on that? So the secret message is just part of the story of the album, right? I mean, all the secret messages are part of the story of the album because they all go together this time. But that is the secret message specifically for Wildest Dreams. He only saw her in his dreams. So in terms of the story of the album, this would be after her and this character have split up and he no longer sees her, but the only place that he does see her is in his dreams, which is how Taylor wanted the male character to see her later in this song. Right. And, and I think some of the lyrics play right into that, mm-hmm. especially the, the chorus, for instance, right. plays right into that. I, I want you to, to see me well. Mm-hmm. So, Steve, you want to chat about the lyrics or the music first? Um, I think there's some a couple of good things with the, the music that I kind of want to start with. Uh, Go for it. And this kind of, I think, this song... The reason I like this song, let me let me start with that, is this particular song on 1989, this is the song for me. 
the I the first time I listened to it, I was like, wow, this yep. is something different for Taylor. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Steve, uh, in, in addition to that, though, it gives the right sound, too. I don't know if you. But it's a different sort of sound. It's a different sound. But one of her goals with this album was to accurately capture the emotion of the song through the sound of it. And I think this song hit it spot on. Well, do you not want to know why it hit it spot on, though? There's a heartbeat in it. There is a heartbeat in it. Taylor's heartbeat. I was wondering about that. Yeah, Let's talk about that, actually, because that's one of the widest talked about things in this fan base is that heartbeat, because obviously people far and wide have noticed in the lyric book for 1989, it says heartbeat credited to Taylor Swift. Is that actually I don't know how they would record her pulse. You could record that. It's possible. Hang on. Or is it or is the heartbeat because is it an electronic representation and Taylor just did the production work on that? And, and that's and that, why it's credited. And that's kind of the gray area on it. But let me tell you this. Uh, Michael Jackson for Smooth Criminal, he actually had a doctor record his heartbeat and they put that into the song. Does his heartbeat sound different than Taylor's? Because I would imagine most people's hearts sound the same. Cause we're all actually, human. they do. Yeah, they do sound yeah. about the same. Because one of the things that, that I had to Google right away is, what does a heartbeat sound like? And I, mm-hmm. there was actually a YouTube clip that was just of a heart beating. And it goes right with the music. So that, to me, is what actually makes this song. Because you think when you first meet someone and you have that instant connection, you know, all of a sudden your heart starts beating a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, faster. That's what really got me in this song, was to have that heartbeat at the very beginning of how it starts out. Because it's very quiet in that first, you know, 30, 40 seconds with the, the heartbeat. And then finally kind of starts coming in with Taylor's voice after that. Wait, so hold on. So that means that Taylor wrote this song with a beat around her own heart? Right. Like that's how the right. I think that that's I amazing. think that that is where this song started, where she started with a heartbeat and built the song up from that. That's incredible. Kind of blows my mind. Yeah, it does. And let's talk about what the heartbeat does for the song itself. Because for me, whether it is an exact recording of her heartbeat, which is possible, or it's an electronic version, which is also possible, um, what it does for the song is so cool because it adds a human element that no other song can capture unless it does something like that. It puts it literally puts her heart into the song. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I know people say Taylor writes with her heart, but I mean, this literally. is like literally she is writing with her heart. <laughs> so may, may it be her actual heartbeat or a computer generated heartbeat that she made. It's still her heart. It's still her heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Well, whether it is or isn't her a recording of her heartbeat, it definitely adds a human element to the song and a certain emotion, emotional attachment to it. And because it's just it's a very human thing, you know, from the time we're babies and we like listening to our mother's heartbeat while we're, you know, while we're what? Laying on your mom's (laughs) chest, like sleeping, you sleep while your parents are holding you. Okay. It's Um, the human element. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So it does something very cool to the song with that and I think that is part of the reason it is such a fan favorite because even on a subconscious level people can't help but get attached to this song yeah absolutely because just even the sound of it just draws you in and sort of does something because I think you can visualize it a lot better 
because you can actually almost when the heart's beating, you know, it almost your heart beats with it. Yeah, it's like the song becomes part of you when you listen to it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's exactly my point. Now, what about the sound of the rest of it? It's sort of what dreamy and yeah, the beginning is really slow. It kind of like lulls you in in a way, and it. I mean, when I heard this song before we um recorded, I um listened you only to it heard really it before loud. we recorded. When I re-listened to the song before we recorded, oh okay, I, I thought maybe you heard it for the first no, time. No, like I've been 10 listening to this song daily for multiple, multiple times. Um, but anyway, so when I re-listened to the song before before we started recording, I listened to it really loud with my eyes closed, and that kind of adds a whole sense because it like helps you get wrapped up in the song and it kind of just makes you feel the song more so i, I get the visualization of it yeah yeah i thought that because you really block good. everything else out you, mm-hmm. you know you're just letting the music do everything for you there yeah well i think the dreamy sound the purpose of it is because it is supposed to be a fantasy of sorts it, it's i mean that's what it is it's about memories mm-hmm. so i think that's what it's supposed to do it's like a dreamlike state so um, did you guys want to get into the lyrics? Did you have something else? Uh, the only about the only other thing is there's a lot of reports out there when this song came out and people started listening to it was kind of the Lana Del Rey sound that it has. Yes, yes. Um, I have read those. I'm not as familiar with with her work, but um, Steve. <laughs> I'm relying um, on you for that one because I, I don't know any of her I, that it reminds me of is from the um, Great Gatsby soundtrack. It's called Will You Still, or what is it? Young and Beautiful, I think. Have you heard that one, Steve? I, I have heard that one. Uh, in yeah. general, most people think it sounds like Lana Del Rey's Without uh, You. Is it Lana or Lana? Lana. I, I think it's Lana. Is, is it a long A? <laughs> 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 I, I don't know. This isn't. Uh, I, I would say it would be. Lana, I would say Lana, it would be Lana this, Del Rey. This isn't Lana Lips. It's a uh, Taylor Talk. Yeah, I, uh, good one. I try. I know. Yeah, that wasn't very good. But but there's story. a lot of YouTube videos where people actually sing half of Wildest Dreams lyrics and then sing half of Without You's lyrics. And, and it actually, you know, and, and you could almost hear Lana Del. Lana Del Rey sing this song. <laughs> I'll get it right here before we're just, and I and I and I love her music too. And here I can't even pronounce her name. I feel bad. Uh, but I I think Taylor puts an extra element that makes it very Taylor like that I like better that Lana couldn't pull off in this song. Like she would put her own spin and touch on it, but that's not all the things that I like about this song. I like how Taylor sings it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's be real. Taylor is an exceptional songwriter. Yes. Um, you know, there are a lot of great songwriters, but Taylor is in a league of her own for the most part. Mm-hmm. Or a but, league of very few, I should say. Mm-hmm. But but I think it's part of how, how some of the lyrics are, are pronounced by Taylor, but we can get into that when we hit up the lyrics here. So, Which is right now. Yay. <laughs> right. Meow. Good one. Yes. So let's let let's speak meow about um, the lyrics. How many times can you fit meow in this episode? Don't try it. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it, are you trying to do that super troopers thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm glad somebody got it. It's it, it's <laughs> if anyone's confused, there's a, a an oldish movie 
called Super Troopers, and they it's about cops, and they do that where they pull someone over and try and figure out how many times they could. Was it meow? I think they used meow. meow. Yeah, yeah. They tried to see how many times they could say meow before the person they pulled over to give a ticket to figured it out. But because they're so silly. Meow. You <laughs> want to get into the lyrics? Yeah, let's do it. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> So he said, let's get out of this town, drive out of the city, away from the crowds. I thought heaven can't help me now. Nothing lasts forever, but this is going to take me down. Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go is not part of the lyrics. (laughs) I'm telling you guys. I was confused. Well, I I think the, the major one to get out of there is the nothing lasts forever, because this goes back to what Taylor's been saying when she talks about this song about her perception of relationships that it's they don't last forever that things aren't going to be perfect that kind of stuff so i mean right there is just straight from what she's been recently saying and kind of what her mentality of uh you know meeting people relationships you know what happens to them yeah it's i mean that's i think steve you're referring to it goes back to that self-fulfilling prophecy concept no yes Mm -hmm. yes where she's just saying there's nothing she can do. But it seems like the male character might be trying to make an effort. Like, hey, let's go somewhere where we can fix this. I don't know, fix this, or let's just go somewhere where we can be alone. That's what I got out of it. Uh, that too. Like, the, yeah. well, no, to me, it's kind of like, let's get out of Dodge or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Let's get out of Dodge. Yeah. A Dodge? I don't know what that means. Are they in a Dodge car? Is that. Is that how this is happening? Or like, uh, let's blow this popsicle stand. You ever hear that one? People say that, right? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard that one. I don't know if people say it. But... Okay. <laughs> All right. So it, it goes into the next line is my absolute favorite in the song. Because as always, I think Taylor's singing about me. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's so tall and handsome as hell. He's so bad, but he does it so well. I can see the end as it begins. My one condition is. So it's just interesting to me because she does, in fact, describe you. <laughs> y- y- exactly. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for calling me handsome as hell. <laughs> Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know how bad I am. Well, well, and, that, and, that, and that's part of the question. When we're talking bad, are we talking? Is this? A, is he like a bad boy? Or. I, I think the way she's describing this person is like a stereotypical bad boy, which kind of makes me think that this song isn't about a real person. It's just a story that she made up. Uh, she said it was. She said it was about a real person. Uh, what was the quote? No, I'm looking here. Okay. Steve's looking uh, for the quote. I would tend to disagree with you on that, Diane, because she's used the bad boy uh, image before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a cliche, though. It's like, it's just a... No, it is, it is a cliche. It's the whole bad boy thing. But I mean, I kind of get that vibe from the character and style described as the James Dean. Oh, like, yeah, that's true. Because so, you get that vibe. I Know You Were Trouble also gives you the bad boy vibe. So we have James album. Dean back again. This is her song with James Dean. <laughs> I don't know about James Dean. I don't... Joking. Yeah, I mean, we weren't saying it was James Dean specifically. Yeah. It's just that sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. someone that's that's sure of themselves. That's what ladies like. They like men that are, you know, sure Confident. of themselves that, you know, not full of themselves. There's a difference. Oh, yes. <laughs> Steve, who are you to be speaking about what ladies want in a well, guy? I, I don't know. Well, that's he's a good correct. Question. See? <laughs> 
Diane, who are you? <laughs> I'm a lady. She's a lady. So. <laughs> she's allowed to say what she's representing all ladies right now. Oh, all that's right. It's a, a big, big shoes to fill now. All the single ladies. Oh. <laughs> no, it's a different song. Oh, my, my bad. So chorus, say you'll remember me standing in a nice dress, staring at the sunset, babe, red lips and rosy cheeks. Say you'll see me again, even if it's just in your wildest dreams. Now, I really like the chorus because I think it's got some some deeper meaning than those first two verses do. And, I mean, obviously you can see Taylor describing herself in there, red lips, mm-hmm. her, signature, her signature look. But then when it's talking about, you know, say you'll remember me, and she describes these cool visuals. I mean, you can picture the staring at the sunset thing. You can picture the pretty sunset. And say you'll see me again, even if it's just in your wildest dreams. Now, the chorus, what it does that's unique, though, is it sort of appeals to this human desire, this desire to be remembered. Yeah. And remembered well. This is what goes back to what she's, you know, said in the interviews where this is her part where remember me well. That's what this whole thing can be summed up with this chorus. Yeah, it's saying to cherish the good memories. Right. Don't remember the bad ones. Think highly of me. And that is like, it's just, I think there's another connection. We were talking about how, you know, musically, the heartbeat and the sound of it sort of draw you in and give you an emotional connection. And I think the theme of the chorus here, and and by extension, the rest of the song as well, gives you that emotional connection to the song also. It makes you think like, yeah, we, we all want to be remembered well by people that we at least cared about at one point in time, even mm-hmm. if they're no longer part of our lives. Can and I think the chorus captures that really well, even if you don't necessarily notice that the first time listening through. Right. But but I, I think part of the, the chorus that always gets me is her, oh, at the end there. <laughs> It's How's kind of, it go, Steve? Uh, I'm not doing it again. You guys can rewind the podcast and listen to it again. <laughs> I, I, I can't get this. I usually am down here, not not up it there. It kind of sounds like a side. It, it is like, but it's. Uh, I don't know how to do it either. But. Wow! <laughs> Come on, Diane. You should. I be thought I was the bad singer on the show. No, no, you're the good singer on the show. We there's there's a reason this is a speaking podcast, <laughs> yeah. and we're not the the yeah. ones on the radio. Oh my! <laughs> no, but go but ahead, that... Adam. Take a stab at the eye. Yeah, go ahead. We all did uh, it. Let's see. So wildest dreams, wildest dreams. Ah, uh, no, uh, it, no, no, no. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's the when it goes down there. Yeah, it's, it's like the sigh. It's a, it's like a sigh of like <sighs> he, yeah. It just that you feel so relaxed and you know that around someone like that just steve relaxed is a huge word there actually because it just struck me as how this differs from a lot of taylor's earlier works because in the earlier works it was very much uptight about the end of a relationship not necessarily uptight but either just a whole variety of emotions angry sad hurting Things like this. This is interesting that you said relaxed. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't I, know if relaxed is necessarily. Maybe just accepting is maybe a better word because I don't think she's like, oh, it's fine. He's gonna leave. Whatever. Because what what I always try to think about when I hear the song is how does she feel about this guy? Like it seems like she knows that he will leave her, 
but is she okay with this? Is she in love with him? Like, what are her viewpoints? Because she just almost seems like kind of passive in it. Well, that well, I, this is what's happening, and he'll leave. I, I don't. I don't get the whole he's going to leave thing out of here because if that was the case, this would be a totally different song. This, this to me is more... But she says it in the bridge, um, someday when you leave me. But but I don't know if that's that particularly means that he's going to be like, hey, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I think this whole relationship, you know, because this is about two people that have made a connection and it, it may... You know, there's lots of people that you make a connection with that you hit it right off the bat. Everything's good. And it just it doesn't end up working out. And you you move on and you're still friends with the person and such. I think that's what this is. You know, and it's hey, in your because think about what in your wildest dreams means. And so concludes part one of our wildest Dreams song analysis. What? Yeah, you guys probably think I'm crazy. I'm really, really sorry, and I really do hate doing this. But in our original recording after this point, something happened to the audio, and it got all screwed up. So we're going to have to finish our Wildest Dreams analysis another time. Thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, Remember, go check out podcastawards.com. Vote for Taylor Talk in Best Entertainment, and be sure to verify your vote in your email. If you don't see that email, check your spam folder, because you should be getting it. Your vote doesn't count unless you verify it. Also, for all the mini-segments, please keep submitting. You guys know where to reach us. You can reach us on Twitter, at TaylorTalk13. On Facebook, facebook.com slash taylortalk13. You can, of course, email us, podcast at taylortalk.org. And there are a ton of other ways that you can reach us as well. And those are all at taylortalk.org slash contact. Thank you guys for listening. Again, I'm really, really sorry about what happened to the audio for this week. But we didn't want to leave you with no episode at all. So at least you got the first half of it, right? Thumbs up for that. So... Thank you for tuning in for episode 177. This has been Adam, Diane, and Steve. We'll see you guys all next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.